Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. This is your host, Jocelyn Bellows. Uh, welcome to episode three of Breakdown to Wake Up. Um, and on the show today is my guest, Nelson Tressler. Nelson is the founder and CEO of I Got Smarter, a goal-oriented program and app created to help people succeed in every aspect of life. However, his story and his journey through life is incredibly captivating from some of the most difficult challenges he had, he had in his childhood, um, really from start, and the, the things that he's overcome through that process. So we'll be back in just a moment with our guest today, Nelson Tressler. Hang tight. And here we are. I'm joined by Nelson Tressler today, you guys. Thanks all for joining me. Um, despite Nelson's unbelievable, unbelievably difficult beginning, beginnings, he's risen to become a top commercial real estate agent and investor, completing well over $1 million in transactions. As a serial entrepreneur, he has successfully founded over 10 businesses, including one of the largest, largest privately held pet resource chains in the nation. Nelson's first big goal when he became the first person in his extended family to earn a college degree, receiving a BSBA in finance from the University of Nevada. Nelson is also the author of Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not the victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. Nelson, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really glad, grateful to have to share this next half hour with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jocelyn. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to actually jump right in. Because what really captivated me when we were speaking, um, getting ready for today's show, was the, the title of your book, The, Un the Unlucky Sperm Club. Uh, and and that, really that really caught my attention. That's a really, and, you know, it's not a typical, that's not a, a title that I come by. I don't know if it's necessarily a title I pick up personally, but it really captured me, and which is why I wanted to have you on the show. So if we could start right there. Why, why the book? Yeah. So, I mean, I have quite the origin story. Um, so my mom uh, became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town in central Pennsylvania, uh, one day dro drove into the small town square. There he spotted uh, two police officers. Uh, he stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding the other. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial for what he had done. And during his trial where he was facing the death penalty, my mom uh, got up on the stand and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And uh, the, my mom's testimony worked. The first trial ended in a hung jury. And uh, my grandfather's second trial, they took the death penalty off the table where he was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where he eventually ended up spending the rest of his life more than 40 years uh, in prison. That's, and when did, when did all this, these, 
this story truly unfold for you? How did you sort of come to understand all of these pieces and, and how? Yeah. Yeah. How that turned out? Well, I mean, uh, you know, th that's how my life started. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm my, you know, I'm born. My mom's 15 years old when I'm born. Eventually she turns 21 and uh, she starts to go to bars and she finds a peach of a man there who would eventually become my stepfather and come to find out that uh, he was very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom on, on a daily basis. And eventually... Uh, my mom and stepfather have four other children, uh, and uh, because of the lifestyle that they're living, uh, a lot of their basic needs fall upon me as the oldest, uh, you know, from bottle feeding to diaper changing to waking up at two in the morning to put crying babies back to sleep. So I'm dealing with all of that. We're very poor, like no food in the refrigerator poor. You know, it's a crapshoot whether or not the lights are going to turn on. Uh, when you hit the switch. So uh, that's kind of the lifestyle I'm, I'm, I'm living. And then, you know, because uh, my mom would rather me stay home from school than and help her with all the kids than go to school. And I hated school. So I was, you know, more than happy to stay home. I remember in the fourth grade looking down at my report card and seeing that I had received straight Fs. I had been absent from school maybe 50 or 60 times that year and then I would be, be repeating the fourth grade. It was at that time I got placed into special ed and, um, you know, come to find out, you know, uh, I had dyslexia. I couldn't read, couldn't write. I still can't spell. And, you know, that's kind of where my life was, was going to that point. And then, uh, you know, one day my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar and there was somebody else who was driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And uh, it was at this time, here's my mom, you know, she's dropped out of school in the eighth grade, never worked outside of the home. You know, she has five children, uh, you know, to raise on her own now. And as hard as her life has been to this point, and it's been brutal, uh, losing my, my stepfather pretty much broke my mom and left her with no hope. And it was at this time that she decided that she was going to take her own life. And uh, she attempted uh, suicide. And fortunately, she was not successful. But when she did get out of the hospital, she determined that she was not going to be able to care for uh, our all of our family. And it was at that time that our family got split up. I went to go live with my grandmother, who is the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And that's when my kind of life started to turn around a little bit. I didn't have to worry about somebody coming home drunk and beating me or my mom or having to uh, care for my siblings uh, or, or worry about if, if we were going to eat that day. And that's when I started to really reflect upon, you know, my life and what direction it was going. And, and I had determined my life was not going in the direction that I wanted it to, to go. I kind of saw where I was heading if I didn't change things. And one day uh, a local university came and gave it an assembly to our school on what it would take to get into college and uh, the bells and whistles kind of went off in my head is like man if i could graduate college all of my problems would be solved and uh you know as soon as you start telling yourself you're going to do something that's going to be hard that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming at you for all the reasons that you, you're not going to be able to do it and, and even more you know you shouldn't even try 
And I can remember thinking, Nelson, you're in special ed. You can't read. You can't write. You can't spell. You know, of the family that I came from, uh, of my mom, she had 15 brothers and sisters. Of those, only two had ever graduated from high school. None had ever attended a college. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'll be lucky to graduate high school, let alone graduate from college. And uh, But my life sucked and at this point and I really had no other options but to yeah, try to lose. Yeah, I didn't. And and that's really? kind of yeah, that's kind of where I was. And so I'm just like, I'm gonna go for it. And uh, just like any goal, you know, it took from from kind of setting that goal, even though I didn't know what a goal really was back then, it took me 12 years. It took four different universities. It took four years in the Air Force to get money through the GI Bill. But 12 years after setting that goal, I finally became that first person in my family to graduate from college and get a college degree. What do you what do you believe you have inside of you that not only set that goal and and really you really had to stay so dedicated to yourself? I mean, it's one thing, you know, like I grew up in a, my environment was very different, right? I grew up in a middle-class suburbia household in New Jersey where both parents had higher education degrees. And for me, it was like, you are going to college. It wasn't, it wasn't a question, you know? And I had, so I had all the doors and pathways open for me, for me to get to college easy. Why do you believe you had this drive inside of you to overcome the, the doubt, the distraction, that no one's behind me and supporting me and all of that? Well, I mean, there, there, there's always a lot of people along the 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 road of life that kind of inspire you. And one of those was my grandmother that I went to go live with. And, you know, my mom had me when she was 15 years old. So we lived with her while I was a baby and then eventually go back to her. But one thing she she always told me was, Nelson, you're going to make something of your life. And she told me that so many times that I actually started to believe it. So I think that was one thing that of having her believe in me and and know that I was going to do something with my life. And then also, you know, growing up in a small town, you know, where all the circumstances surrounding my birth and my grandfather and my mother, I had a lot of people who doubted me and, you know, and, and probably deservably so. I mean, you know, every statistic that's out there, I pretty much checked you know, before I was one year old. And, uh, you know, nobody expected anything out of me. And I think that that kind of drove me to prove them all wrong. And, uh, you know, I think people would have been more uh, believing that I would have ended up in prison than if I would have ended up, uh, you know, with a college degree and, and having some success in life. So I wanted, I think some of that early on was to prove people wrong. And then, Part you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an adjustment to that. What about proving yourself right? Yeah, no, I sure. and, and that's one thing that I've I, I don't know that I necessarily had a huge handle on this young growing up, but one thing I realize now is if you if you change the way somebody thinks, if you if you show somebody the true potential that lives inside of them, they will never be the same again because they'll never settle for anything less. And you know that that's one thing that I think 
you know, I've seen in my life is I've seen that potential that lies within me. And now I never want to settle for anything less than that. And I'm always striving to, you know, reach that better version of myself. And that better version continues to change as I go throughout life. And as I go throughout, you know, continuing to work on myself and work on my goals and work on, you know, becoming the type of person that I want to become. How do you, how does that come into your everyday life uh, as far as continuing that work on yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I am always, you know, through the program I started, I got smarter. I'm always working on goals and always, you know, and every goal starts with the type of person that you are. You, you first have to become the type of person that can achieve that goal. So I'm always working on myself and I got smarter. The first letter in there and what you should always start with is the individual, the I, the person staring back at you in the mirror. You, you are always working on that person because whoever that person is, the type of person that you become when you reach, you know, strive for that potential that lies inside of you. That's what your life is going to end up being is, is who you are and what you become. Yeah, and I'm curious, and I agree with you so so much on on so much of what you've just shared too. Because I'm gonna I want to go back though to like your childhood and, and this transformation because you really have a major transformation. One of these pieces, you know, as you start to dive more deeply into the work on yourself, at least this has been my this has been my um, experience not only with myself but also with you know the, the realm of the world that I, I kind of work and create and is that we are actually the masters of our own environment. Absolutely. And it's you know, to, to bridge upon what you shared about showing up to be the person that you want to be. Like having that, I know there's something deeper and better and truer inside of me, but I'm not living or exemplifying that. When we start to make decisions based on this higher self or higher version of ourselves, it's really interesting to watch and to watch and view and be a part of and live within how the world and the environment changes around you with the people that you attract in your life, the opportunities, the business opportunities you, you attract in your life, um, the friendships, the relationships, the, um, the abundant state of being. And you have, you've had a tremendous amount of success going from really not having that support system to you know, being a real estate, I want to say, well, well I know that wasn't in your time, <laughs> but you made it, um, and, and being a multi-time entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm curious your observations as you start to shift yourself, what started shifting around you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I was, I was always, you know, striving to be, become that better version of myself through goals. And, and I really, after becoming you know, after having that success of graduating from college, that's when I really became obsessed with goals and personal development. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, wow, if somebody like me, you know, dyslexia comes from the family that I come from, you know, all, all the trials and struggles, if somebody like me could use a goal to graduate from college, what else could I do with goals and personal development? So I became obsessed with it. And for the last 25 years, I've really been using it in every area of my life to design the life that I want to live. And, and I really, truly believe that, that, 
you get to design the life that you want to live by the choices that you make. And that's what goals and personal development and really living life with purpose allows you to do is really live life with purpose and to work on designing the life that you want to end up living. And that, mm-hmm. that's what I think has, has made a difference to me is, you know, success begets success. And as I saw that, you know what, I could do things, I could do hard things and work at them and eventually be able to accomplish those things. Once I realized that there, there's no, there was no stopping me because I realized people, you know, in, in the room with me weren't necessarily smarter than me. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't necessarily, you know, uh, the benefits didn't, you know, really make a big difference. What I realized was they were doing the things that they needed to do to be successful. And that was the only difference. And if I wanted to be successful, if I wanted to be able to do the things that they were doing, all I had to do was start making those same decisions and those same choices to have what they had. Yeah, I'm going to add to that. One of the pieces I tailor with that is what I have noticed with every successful entrepreneur, there is a deep, true, strong belief in self, right? And, and add to that, there's also humility in that, is that there's an ability to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to fall down, because when you fall down, rather, and not be fearful of it, just know that that's part of the overall design yeah. of it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I think believing in yourself, I think everything has to start there because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. And if you don't believe in yourself, when things get hard and believe me, they always do, uh, no matter what, what you're trying to accomplish, it always gets hard. And it always gets to that point where, you know, our mind is trying to protect us and keep us comfortable. And it's going to be screaming at us to just stop and, you know, stay, stay where you're at. You're safe here. You're comfortable. But, and if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to listen to that and you're going to stop and and not go to where you're going to be uncomfortable. And uh, so many people, I think, uh, stop because they don't have that belief in themselves. And, you know, I touched on this a couple of times, but once you see that vision, once you see that potential that lies within you, and believe me, we all have that potential. We all have that greatness that's in us. We just have to start making those choices and those decisions to start, you know, allowing that to come out. You know, I, I liken it to, uh, you know, a piece of wood or a you know, that's fallen in the forest, you know, you have all that potential in that piece of wood. Uh, You know, you have fire that can be there. You have the light that would come from that wood. You have, you know, you could build something beautiful from that wood. All that potential is there. All you have to do is, is realize it. Or if you don't, that wood will just set on the forest floor and deteriorate into nothing. And I think uh, we are like that. You know, we have all this beautiful potential in us. All we have to do is start making those choices to realize it. And I think there's so many people out there that kind of don't see that in themselves. And then mm-hmm. all that potential just kind of goes to waste and deteriorates and and uh, never comes to fruition. I What I, I heard through that and what was coming through for me was, we have to readjust our focus as well. And when I say that is you to, to go back to the, the piece of being having that confidence in self and 
and seeing the potential that we have within our being. Rather than like the focus is we, we live in a society where people are often like looking around over their shoulders, trying to keep up with their neighbor, trying to keep up with this, trying to keep up with that. Instead of looking in and saying, oh, look, I have these same opportunities and availabilities to me and I've always had them. Yeah. It's about that. That's that's when I mean, maybe that's where I go with the readjusting of focus to you know, and I think your your example of a tree or piece of wood in the in the forest, you could very easily be walking by that on a on a beautiful nature trail and not even acknowledge that it exists and the potential that's in it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's one of my friends on Facebook that's uh, a log carver, and some of the stuff that comes out, you know, that he carves, you can never imagine that that, that it's even possible. And then, you know, he'll he'll show you a photo of it, and 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 that's it. Is you have to see that in yourself, and again, once you see it, you'll you'll never be the same. You know, once somebody sees their potential, once somebody sees what is possible. They'll never be the same. And I mean, there's been so many cases of that. I mean, a lot of people use the four minute mile, you know, it, no one could run a four minute mile for 2000 years. They've done everything they could. And then when Ro Roger Bannister did it, you know, I think 18 or people did it in the next, you know, 12 months. And now tens of thousands of people have broke the four minute mile, including high school students. So once we believe in it, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never be the same. Curious, what has been one of the loftiest goals you've set for yourself? The, the goals that I've set for myself? What's one, of, what's one of the loftiest? One of the ones that felt so big yeah. and ostentatious? Well, my, my biggest goal is that I want to be married to my wife for 50 years. And last week we, we got halfway there. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. And there's so much built into being married for 50 years. I mean, let alone, you know, wanting to be married to each other and being with the same person and everything that you have to do to do that and, and to be healthy enough to, you know, make it to, to the age where you can be married for 50 years. But you know, that, that's always my number one priority is is my family and, and my marriage. And I know, you know, as far as as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I, I put that at the top of my list and that's my most loftiest. And and if I if I do that, I'll, I'll feel like I've, uh, you know, lived a successful life. I love that. I also think people don't give credit to that. And I'm going to take a moment there. Um how much work it takes to be in relationship. You know, we, you know, we come on here and we talk about business and we talk about the, the coaching, you know, so many of my guests are coaches and entrepreneurs and so many levels and they, and they have tremendous success in business, but the business of relationship, in my view, is the most vulnerable and the most magical yeah, and, and and I write about that in, in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club. You know, I sat here and I just said I, I reached 25 years, but in my book I talk about we were separated a couple times and, you know, one choice one way or another and uh, we're not married today. And it, and it was hard, but, you know, we both wanted it and we both fought for it because it, it was a fight and we both continue to fight fight for it today because, uh, you know, it, it success is not – an event it's a journey and we need to continue 
you know, to do those things that have made us successful to this point if we want to be successful in the future. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up about the su successes and ongoing. Uh, and it, it kind of brings me back to your goal, your, your goal setting with the, with the work that you do. I'm going to take this from when you graduated college. It took you 12 years to get there. So many people take that as, yes, it's a symbol of, of a, a destination or a people can call that destination. It's like, oh, now the world is, is big, but now what do I do with it? Um, what happens when we set goals for ourselves that we may not necessarily attain? And how do we then uh, work through that? Well, part of our program and I Got Smarter is we have a self-assessment. And what that self-assessment does is it makes sure that you're crystal clear on what your goals are. I think that's the key. And it also lets you know what price you're going to have to pay to achieve those goals and making sure that you're clear on that. Because the worst thing that can happen is you can work on a goal for years and years and then, you know, you get to the end and you actually accomplish that goal. And then you re either realize like, hey, this really wasn't as important to me as I thought it was, or I wasn't willing to pay the price that it took to get here, whether that be, you know, you sacrificed your health or your relationships or your lifestyle or whatever. So the first thing I think is making sure that you're crystal clear on that. And, and I think if you're crystal clear on those goals, uh, the only way that you can fail at a goal is if you quit. And, uh, you know, in the I Got Smarter program, we almost make it impossible for you to quit, you know, through, you know, we break all the goals down into 30 day sprints. You know, we have huge goals, of course, that take years and even decades, but our mind likes to work in little small things. So we teach you how to break that down into what we call a four week sprint. And one of the great things is, is we are able to invite what we call a success partner and they can communicate us with us in real time through the app. And when you have somebody else who knows about your goals and who's in there to help you succeed and, you know, is in the trenches with you, we found that it, you have as much Absolutely. as 95% more likelihood of achieving that goal. So, you know, one, get crystal clear on your goals, make sure you know what it's going to take to do it. Make sure that it's your goal. It's not your spouse's goal or the world's goals or anybody Parents else. Or what other condition that yeah. you received over a lifetime. Yeah, make yeah. sure it's your goal. And then uh, once once you're crystal clear on it, then start doing those, those choices every single day to work towards achieving it. And I truly believe with enough time and enough energy and enough focus, there's no goal that you can't accomplish. Yeah. I think this might be a good opportunity to ask you, because you, you brought this up early, early in the conversation about purpose. I'm curious what your purpose is, what you believe your life purpose is right now. Yeah. And how does that weave into the work that you the work and the person that you're showing up as in the world? Yeah. I, my purpose is to change the world. And, and the way that I'm going to do that is by, you know, one goal and one person at a time. And, and the way that I'm going to change the world is by changing that one person's world. Because, you know, that, as I said here, you know, nobody would have expected me to be where I am today. And I've realized that through goals and personal development. And, you know, everybody has that potential in them. I see so many people who are living a life that is less than what they want. And I see that 
with a few different choices that they can make in their lives or a few habits that they can bring into their lives, they could be living this drastically different life. And uh, when people are living drastically different lives and they're happier and they're, and they're living with purpose, that will change the world. I mean, we, we can think about so many times that, you know, one person has changed the world for the good. And uh, who knows how many other people out there now could be doing, you know, those great things or even greater things with the right tools, the right knowledge and the right support. So that's what I want to do with the rest of my life is help those people, you know, change this world for as a better place. Yeah. And I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. It's when we when any when all of us collectively, when individuals show up in the the um, clearer version of themselves and they're happier version of themselves, when they're happier, they are they actually are more productive. We are more productive. We're we're and we are actually feeding our energy and sharing our energy in a very positive way to uplift the community around us, whether it be the small community, the big community, and rip the ripple effect that goes from there. But the reality is, though, is that we all win when yeah. someone's winning. Absolutely. We Great. all get to benefit. Because when we play small and we play in our safe comfort zone, nothing changes, nothing shifts. When we play big, and it doesn't have to be this ostentatious, like, outrageous goal, but like, we play bigger than what our confidence level is at this moment, and we keep getting more confident and play bigger in our in whatever it is that makes us feel so alive and show up in that way, other people get to receive you in that way and get to share you in that way. And that's the, you know, to me, that's the, that like that communal uplift. Um, and so for any final thoughts as we get ready for the end of the, end of the conversation? Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's so many people out there that, uh, you know, just don't start right away. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, ho hopefully you've been inspired and in, 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 in this conversation and you've gotten some inspiration and maybe even some motivation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till yes. next week. You know, we, we just c come across New Year's, you know, where everybody set their New Year's resolutions and everybody's probably waited till January 1st to start. What I would say is start right now. Start where you're at. That's where we all have to start. Start where you're at and take that first step. You know, what, what we found is, you know what? We don't have a knowledge problem. We have an execution problem. We just don't do what we know we're supposed to do. And so I would say start where you're at and uh, start now. I love that. And you're absolutely 100% right on board. Nelson, thank you so much for joining me today. And for all of the audience who's listening today, thank you so much for being here. You can learn more about Nelson at nelsontrustler.com. And the information will also be in the show notes. Thank y'all and have a, and, and I'm gonna actually share a couple of final thoughts here. Um, thank you everyone for joining me on episode three of Breakdown to Wake Up. To learn more about myself, my offerings, I also am a Breakdown to Wake Up coach where I work with men and women to break through their own um, limiting beliefs and BS about the world that they live in to break free and step into a fuller, freer, richer life. To learn more about working with me, you can find me on facebook.com backslash dawson.fellows24. And as a reminder, 
Uh, Breakdown to Wake Up, Journey Beyond the Now is available on dawnbates.com backslash Jocelyn Bellows. And that is the book that I that I led with 15 other authors from around the world. Um, the book itself shares journeys of leaders from around the world who share their own personal journeys of full-on breakdown when they're on their knees begging for mercy, begging for a shift, and the lessons that they learned and the richness of the soil as they went through that process. So thank you all so much, and we'll see you next week. Um, And next Tuesday, we'll be on with Lisa David Olson. Have a great day.